Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome, everybody. Might as well just strap yourself. Um, it's it's going it, to today. We're going to be um, we're going to we're going to get a little bit emotional. I, I may get a little bit nuts today on the program, and uh, I may go old school, old school uh, watchdog on Wall Street from twenty years ago, and I'll probably be yelling. Uh, from time to time, I don't, don't. I, I'm sorry, you know. Don't, don't adjust that dial. I, I, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling. I'm yelling at the situation. You know how sometimes you just need that. You have to vent a little bit. You just got to let it out. And, and again, the, the, this show is can be somewhat cathartic for me here. It, it, it is helpful having to deal with what um, we've been dealing with here. Um, at the Watchdog on Wall Street Show, Markowski Investments, over the past month, trying to help people out as best we can. I'd like to remind everybody, if you're new to the program, we have uh, always been an advocate for small businesses. The uh, majority of our clients from around the country are small business owners. And... It's going to be tough on them. It's tough on all of us, but it's going to be really tough on them. And I'll, I'll we'll get into that in a little bit. I uh, I mentioned this this past week uh, on one of my my podcasts. Whenever um, I'm sure this has happened to each and every one of you at some point in time in life, you've had something difficult happen befalling you, whether it be the loss of a, a loved one or the loss of a job, something traumatic, and somebody um, somebody will say to you, well, everything happens for a reason. Or they might say to you, you know, uh, God has a plan, or God works in mysterious ways. And th- those people that tell you that, they're trying to make you feel better. They're trying to make you feel better. They're trying to make you look at things a bit differently but let's let's all be honest here when someone says it to you at that point in time it's a you know you may uh you may say thanks thanks but it's it's a bit of a jagged little pill to swallow at that point in time you don't understand that this is happening for a reason i I remember being told that being told that when my my aunt was very close to um, was getting sick and getting worse and with dementia. And this is a, a, a woman that uh, helped raise me, grew up with her, extraordinarily bright. Um, and to watch, watch her capacity uh, go away, it was difficult. 
was hard. And I, I, you know, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out what the reason is behind that. What, what is the, uh, what could possibly be the reasoning behind what is happening today in our country? I don't know. We're going to explore that today. We are. We are going to explore that. We're going to talk about that today because I do think and I do believe. I honestly believe that we are going to come out on this, on the other side of this, we are going to come out and everything is going to be better than before. We are going to, we're going to be bringing more businesses back to the United States, more of our supply chains back to, there's just a lot of things that are going to happen that are going to be a major improvement. If, if we don't wreck it, we'll get into that too. I'd like to remind everybody, I'm a, I'm a bit of a history buff. I love to read, and, and I love documentaries as well. And many, many of you out there are, are home from work. Many of you listening to the program may have been laid off, and there's really not much you can do. Well, you, you listen, if you're laid off from your job, you might want to do some, I, I know, this again, I'm giving jagged little pills here. It's tough right now. You may want to do some distance learning. You may want to take a look at things a little bit different. I, I, I suggest watching some documentaries too. I know it's, it's, it's great and go on uh, Netflix or whatever it may be and binge watch your favorite programs. I, you know, I suggest going on watching some Ken Burns stuff. And um, it was brought to my attention this, this past week because, hey, listen, listen, um, if you don't think that our clients' accounts are down, if you don't think that my accounts are down through this, you're crazy. There's not a single person out there anywhere. Because believe me, if there was, hey, yep, I called it and I sold all of my stuff right then and there, and then you know what? I'm going to tell you when to get. There's not a single person, not one. It's not possible. Not possible. So yes, yes, we're down. And, and you know what was great this past year? I, I actually, um, we've got clients that we've had obviously for decades here. Call us up. Call us up. We're calling research. They're, they're calling us up to say, hey, hey, you know what? We know that you put together a great portfolio. We know that the companies that we own are fantastic. We'll get through this on the other side. I, I always try to, to lend perspective when it, when it comes to life in general and the difficulties that are out there. And one of the reasons why I, I suggest reading history is because it, it helps with perspective. One long ago, I rewatched the, the Ken Burns World War II documentary and to see what this country did, what we accomplished in such a short period of time was extraordinary. Yeah, the fact that the fact that our military was smaller than Romania's entering World War II. The type of footing that we were able to get our country on, what our factories did. What 
what those men did and the conditions and what they went through. The stories that you do not read, you don't read about them oftentimes. You don't read about them in your social studies books back in high school. They can never tell you anything about that. Rather, they should. They should. They, people should really know what war is really about. Not this glorious thing. It's just, it's hell. Hey, watch. And one of the things that I'm having my kids do, I'm picking certain movies because they're home from school picking certain films that they have to watch, older ones that they may not have seen, you know, Saving Private Ryan, they're the opening scene, what was taking place at Normandy Beach. Children. Basically, children. Children jumping into the water, storming a beach. I talk about some of the clients that we have and putting things into perspective. We had a We've had, we've had clients over the years. Some of them are not with us anymore. They're with God. Um, that have seen some of the worst of humanity. Some of the worst humanity. Yes, the tattoos with the numbers on the arm. Or people that have escaped places like Cambodia and Pol Pot. And... Again, we look at this, turn on the television, turn on the television, and it's the end of the world everywhere. You got articles. How many articles do you see over the course of the day? Would, could, might, may. How how many articles? Here's a bit of advice. If you see an article or column out there that has would, may, could, possibly, anywhere within the title, Stop reading it. Stop reading it. That's not even real journalism. Only deal in facts. Only deal in numbers. That's all I can deal with. Avoid all Avoid all that other crap out there. Try to put into perspective what is taking place. What is going on. What we are going through. And again, again, like I said, I know I've got small business owners listening to this program, my clients, people from all over the country, people that have been laid off, and they're saying, it's easy, it's easy for you to say, I just lost my job. I know. I know. And I'm telling you right now, your country, and again, like I said, I'm an equal opportunity basher, your country right now is letting you down. Again, I, I listen, I understand that for the you know, the president, the people in power, the terrain is shifting every single day. I get that. But we as a nation, and we're going to get into this shortly, are going to have to make some choices. I, I you know, like I said, I, I'm, I don't care. You know, I, I don't go on social media. I don't go to type. I, I don't care what people say. Uh, you know, people, oh, look at my terrible thing that he said. No, I'm, I'm being realistic. I'm going to be realistic, and I'm going to be honest with people here. And I'm basing the things that I'm saying to you, not based upon emotion, but on facts, upon numbers, upon reality. Do I believe? I don't have a, we don't have any other choice but to believe. Do you understand? That we are going to come out uh, at the other side of this Better and stronger than we will before. And we're, like I said, we're going to get into those positives. 
But we're going to also talk about what needs to be done. I wish, I wish I had, I wish I had, I wish I could tell all of the investors out there when, when and where the market is going to bottom and when things are going to turn. I can't. I can't. I know they will. I know they will. But I, I can't tell you right now. I can't. You want to know why? We're not dealing with news anymore. We're dealing with uncertainty. See, the, the market, markets, what they can do, the markets can digest. They can digest bad news. You can account for bad news. If Apple comes out and says that its iPhone deliveries are, are going to be less than expensive, this is what you, the market can digest that and can price that in. Right now, we don't have, there's none of that. It's uncertainty. Until uncertainty is taken off the table, until we get some dates, until we get some times, until we say, you know, this is what we are going to do. Not this, well, you know, it could be June, it could be May. No, 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 no. A date. A date that we can deal with. So then we can live. We can move on. We can price it in. And then guess what? The markets will bottom and the markets will rally. It's just that simple. Until that happens, people, again, it's hard. It's hard. And again, I, I, I implore people out there my, all you investors out there, to keep your eye on your plan in the long run. It's all you can do. All you can do right now. As bad as it got, S&P dropped, what, 53% during the financial crisis? Long-term investors won. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot today on the program. Watchdog on WallStreet.com is our site. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Like I said, buckle up. My my next segment, again, um, I'm not Mary Poppins, no spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. It's um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what needs to be done. How we can bring certainty back. Watchdog on WallStreet.com, watchdog on WallStreet.com, our newsletter consultations with our certified financial planners, all the help you need. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. 800-471-5984, our 24-hour day help hotline. We'll be back. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Yeah, I'm playing a, a lot of songs today from my uh, my youth, bringing back memories of uh, driving in my, uh, you know, my first car was a, uh, a Datsun. A Datsun, that's right. It was a, uh, what was a Nissan Datsun? They still had Datsun on the car. Sentra. Little uh, tiny thing, no air conditioner or anything like that. But who cares, man? Had the, the window down and cranking out the, the Led Zeppelin and the other classic rock tunes. Bringing back good memories. Need some of that. 
right now. Um, okay. Let, let me let me let me tell you what I think. Okay, what I think, and based upon the information I have, what we feel is probably going to be the case. Probably what's going to happen, no matter what we do. No matter what we do, all the social distancing out there, all the stuff that we're doing right now, 50% of Americans are going to get the virus, 150 million people. That's right. You know, uh, the, uh, this, this, this virus is about as contagious as the common cold. How many colds do you get a year? I'm pretty good. I mean, I usually get about one. Maybe once a year, if that. And I usually don't get it too bad. It's not like I, I ever miss work from being sick. I, I don't think I've, the last time, I think I, I think it was probably, uh, yeah, was when I, last time I missed work for being sick was when I was in college. I got pneumonia. That was a good reason. So, yeah, I, I pretty much get through it. I have, like, little colds, not, not, nothing big, thank God. So you figure the most people get a cold two to four times a year. Two to four times a year, this virus is about as contagious as that. Oh, my God, that's terrible. That's awful. Well, guess what? Here's, here's news that nobody is telling you. I know. It's all over social media. You're getting one story, anecdotal story, out of Italy and another one and another one and another one about how grim and how terrible things are going to be here in the United States. 99%. You want a fact? 99% of those who died in Italy had other illnesses. 99%. Italy. Italy is a country where 25% of its population is over the age of 65. Italy is a country where they live in multi-generational households. I, I have one myself. I live in a multi-generational house. I grew up in a multi-generational house. That's how they live. That's how they live there. They're like, oh, this is the wealthy of Lombardy. It's a wealth. Still, their definition of wealthy is much different different than our definition of wealthy. And I love Italy. I do. And I have no problem with multi-generational households. But that was a part of it. And we'll get into this, some of the China stuff later on. 70% of Germany is going to contract it. It's 58 million people. The virus will probably peak within the next eight weeks. The virus seems to be concentrated between the 30 and 50 degrees north latitude, meaning that, like the common cold or flu, it prefers cold weather. The warming weather is going to help. Of those impacted, 80% will be early stage, 15% mid-stage, 5% critical stage. Early stage symptoms are like the common cold, Mid-stage symptoms are like the flu. 5% will be critical. And that will be weighted towards the elderly. The mortality rate on this, we believe, is going to be below 1%. Like I said, it is going to weigh heavily on the elderly, heavily on people that have compromised 
immune system. That is a reality. What does it mean? Well, we'll get further into that when we get back and what needs to be done. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great stuff. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. When the world is running down to the Watchdog on Wall Street, Joe. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is the one, the only, the Watchdog on Wall Street, Joe. And I, I'm, I'm going to get brutally honest here in, in what needs to be done. And I, listen, I, I'm sorry. I, I know a lot of people. I know everybody's on social media and yelling and screaming at one another. Oh, I can't believe I saw these kids playing in the playground. I can't. Uh, Um, I gave you some facts. You want some more? 86% of people with the virus are walking around undetected. It is what it is. What do you you think is going to happen here? Now, I understand we're trying to slow. The goal right now is we're trying to slow how fast this thing is going to spread. During that period of time, we need to catch up. We need to produce more ventilators. We need to get more hospital rooms ready to go. This is We get this stuff done, and trust me, we can do it quickly. If we really want to, we can put our minds to it for crying out loud. We were building ships in World War II in three days. We can get it done. That will, what they talk about, that, that, lessening, the softening of the curve. But people are going to figure out. People are going to figure out that, guess what? They're going to probably get this. And what in turn is going to happen is once people start getting it and building up an immunity to it, then eventually it'll work its way, work its way through the system, if you want to put it that way. That is, that, that's what is going to happen. Until they talk about getting a vaccine in 18 months. Right. Right. There was that, that other, that scare the crap out of everybody's story from the Imperial College of London. Yes, the, this is going to continue to spread and it's going to take 18 months. You're going to need to put everybody Social distancing for 18 months. Are you kidding me? Really? Really? So what are we going to do? We're going to put everybody into hibernation like we're doing like some sci-fi movie, traveling to some distant star for 18 months, and then all of a sudden everybody wakes up and says, oh, we got the the vaccine now. They take a shot. We're all going to be okay. 
can't do social distancing for 18 months. You can't do it for three months. You can't. You cannot shut down a capitalistic system for that amount of time. It'll be Mad Max for crying out loud. It's patently absurd. It's just plain dumb. And man, oh man, have I heard a lot of just plain dumb over the past month. Oh, let's send everybody a $1,000 check. What? Do you think the person that just got laid off from their job is going to be jumping up and down over $1,000? Oh, yeah, that might tide them over a little bit. All they want to know is when they can get back to work. That's it. That's it. When can they get back to work? You want to flatten the curve? Fine. I agree. Let's flatten the curve. Let's get let's get everything taken care of. Let's roll out the respirators. Let's get on a wartime footing as far as our hospitals are concerned. Let's, let's go to the medical schools. Let's take all the med students and tell them, hey, listen, you're going to learn how to help treat this. We're going to point to it. We can do a lot if we get organized in a very short period of time. And guess what that'll do? Guess what that'll do? That'll reduce the mortality of this disease even further. Even further. But we cannot. Shut down this economy for an extended period of time. Can't do it. How in the world? And, and, and like I said, this is, I don't know why I've had a, such a really difficult time this past month because I, my clients, they're not concerned about their portfolios. They know. They're concerned about their lives, their livelihood, which has been taken away. You want to shut down? You want to shut down restaurants? Shut them down for a month. You want to shut down? Shut them down for a month. But say, hey, listen, we're opening up on this day. I don't care what the curve says. We're opening up. You cannot. Okay, listen, certain people, you want to, again, you want to, certain businesses, let people do some more distance work for a period of time. Okay. I get that. And what you need to do over that period of time, 30 days, at a max 45 days, those are the people that need help. Those are the people that need money. And certainly more than a thousand bucks. Not their fault. It's just not their fault. They didn't do anything wrong. This is not the financial crisis. People going out and buying homes that they couldn't afford in the first place? I actually heard a couple of people, oh, you know, these businesses should have prepared properly. Are you out of your mind? Do you, have you ever owned a small business? you think most small businesses out there have months of money in reserve in case of a pandemic? Are you kidding me? Got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back.
bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Helicopter money. Happened twice uh, during the Bush administration, if you remember. I think what was the first check for, was it a couple hundred bucks or something like that? I think the, the second check was $1,000. I can't remember exactly what it was. I actually, um, I wrote a story about the Bush checks, made fun of Bush about it back in 2008. I called it the uh, vote-buying, media-fearing, incumbency protection bill of 2008. It's not, it's not going to make the stock market go up, people, okay? That's not going to work. Not going to make the stock market go up. You need to make these people whole as best we can for a period of time. A peri- when, I, when I mean period of time, pick a number. This is what I talk about, uncertainty making things certain. We are going to flatten the curve. Hello, my name is President Donald J. Trump. We are going to flatten the curve. We are going to flatten the curve by encompassing social distancing, having people work from home outside of essential service, people own grocery stores and pharmacies. We're shutting down retail outlets, restaurants, bars, you name it, for 30 days. Then we're opening up. Done. Guess what? All of a sudden, people can make plans. People can make plans. You tell all the people that have lost their jobs, that have been laid off, the the, the tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, that have been laid off around the country, that we are going to help you over the course of this month. We're going to help you out. And in a month, you're going back to work. Well, what if, we don't, what if we don't flatten the curve enough and people are still getting this disease? What happens then? What are we going to do? People, um, do you want to destroy the country? Do you want to destroy the country? I'm, I'm asking a question. I'm asking a question. We, we have, as, as a nation, at times we have to make difficult choices. Very difficult choices. What I'm telling you, you cannot shut down a capitalist system. Can't be done. Give us a date. Let us know when we can go back to work. More on this. When we get back, watchdog on wallstreet.com, watchdog on wallstreet.com. All the help you need, all the information, we're here for you. Watchdog on wallstreet.com. Take advantage of everything that we have at our site. Watchdog on wallstreet.com. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. 
man, these guys are great. I mean, one of the most underrated rock bands, without a doubt, of the 80s. Without a doubt. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Watchdog on Wall Street Show. Again, uh, I'm not Mary Poppins. No spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. I have, well, I, 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 I don't know if I had mentioned this before. My, my grandfather, my grandfather died from the flu. He was, was he, 92 years old? 92 years old. Um, he had all of his, I mean, bright, still sharp, sharp as a tack. He died at 92 years old of the flu. And, and again, this is my, my grandfather when he was uh, younger. I, he smoked two, three packs of unfilters a day. You know, was, again, old school from Poland, moved here, taught himself to be a draftsman, worked for General Electric. Lived a, a, a long and, and great life. Died of the flu. My father-in-law, who recently passed away a few months ago, he, um, well, he, uh, he had Parkinson's disease. And it was obviously it, not good. Um, but he was dealing with it. It was fine, living with us. He got the flu, and we went straight downhill from there. Straight down here from there. We, we, we live with the flu here in our country. We do. We live with it. People die from the flu. People die. Thousands and thousands of people die from the flu every year. Thousands and thousands of people die. Die on our roadways every year year thousands I, I again i've got three three teenagers one of them drives now and i'm constantly when i'm in the car with them i explain how to look out for you know other drivers and to you know to be proactive as a driver to keep yourself safe because i know it's a risk you get into a car you're taking a risk heck before cars you're taking a risk if you got on the horse. Hey, you might get thrown off the horse. Look what happened to Christopher Reeve riding a horse. It was a risk. There's risk everywhere. We're not going to stop the virus. Do you understand me? Until they come up with a vaccine for this one, we're not going to stop it. We can slow it, but we're not going to stop it. It's just not going to happen. What we can do is work ourselves up into a frenzy, be scared out of our minds over the entire thing, take draconian measures, and blow up the entire economy for good. Is it, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth destroying our economy? For what? Listen, I live in a multi-generational household. I understand. we got to take a look after my mother-in-law. I have. Both of my parents are still alive, and they happen to be very healthy, thank God. And they're taking a little bit extra measures as well, as they should. But I'm sorry, people. We need to start thinking about quarantining people that are at risk. 
And you may have some sort of immune deficiency disease. There's, there's a myriad of them. If you have one of those things, let's say psoriasis or something, whatever it may be, guess what? You're at risk. You're at risk. And maybe you need to stay home for a little while and take extra precautions. And maybe after that 30 days that I'm talking about, that everybody, maybe, maybe wear gloves. Maybe wear gloves. Maybe wear a mask when we're getting to and from work. Wash our hands a little bit more. Take extra precautions for a period of time so we can continue to flatten the curve. But we cannot destroy the country. We can't do it. Do you think people out there are worried about their 401Ks right now? No. They're worried about work and when they're going to get back to work. The markets will take care of themselves. We keep people out of work. There's not going to be a market. There's not going to be a country. There's not going to be a dollar. There's not going to be anything. It's going to be Man Max. And decisions have to be made. There was a uh, hedge fund guy by the name of Bill Ackman that came on CNBC this past week, and he, he talked about shutting the country down, putting everybody on spring break for 30 days, and he was you know, it's gonna, He was talking. He was very draconian. Drove the markets down. This It's going to be hell if we don't do this, and I'm worried about my father. I want to save grandpa. Listen, I want to save my parents too. I do. I do. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the... I don't think our elderly out there want to destroy the country. I don't think that they do. I think if you said, you know what, we're going to put measures into quarantine, elder, we're going to shut down visiting nurses, we're going to do all of the things that are necessary. Again, 99% of the people who died in Italy were elderly and had pre-existing conditions. Now, most people that have died in this country were in Seattle at that nursing home. We got this. We can contain this. We just made ourselves hysterical. You want it? We want to do what we can to flatten the curve? Fine. Do it. Let's do it. Do it for 30 days. Let's get ourselves raring to go. Get our, get our, our hospitals ready for this. I understand. But no, no, we're not going to last. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, you know, everything open up in uh, August and September. We don't have until August and September. Can't hold out for that long. They, they can't print enough money. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all Sorts of great stuff at the site. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You 
can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Yes, it is. Welcome back, everybody, to the one, the only, the Watchdog on Wall Street Show. So, we're breaking this down in a, a manner using facts, figures, not woulda, coulda, shoulda, none of that nonsense that we're seeing here, there, and everywhere. Um, another thing that I, I really have to address. That, again, what you talk about everything happens for a reason. I talked about that at the top of the program. And how that, that's it's just when people tell you that, you're like, whatever, man. Trying to find, trying to find a bit of the, the, the silver lining in what's going on, what's taking place. Yeah, you know what? You may have noticed, people, if you're smart, maybe some of the millennials might pick up on this, is that socialism sucks. <laughs> it does. Communism, socialism sucks. The uh, COVID nineteen, no, the China virus. It's what it is. Every damn pandemic manages to come from China, doesn't it? Yeah. Spanish flu was not from Spain; it was from China. The Chinese government lied, lied. They arrested, they put in jail the doctors that discovered this and what was taking place. They're responsible for the death of thousands with more to come. I give you commies. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about as well, we'll put them aside for now. I got more on China. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Europe. I talked a little bit about Italy, a country that I love. I used to live there. And... The reality is, again, what we're being told in the news and, you know, it's this hit, this very wealthy region of Italy and how could that happen? And I, yeah, we'll get, we got into why. We explained to you why. And we're told that they have state-of-the-art medical facilities. Um, people, if you think that the public health services in Europe come even close to what we're capable of doing, you're crazy. You're crazy. It's 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 insane. It's not the case. That's why they have two systems. People who can afford to have private doctors do. They don't have nearly as many ICU beds as we do. Not even close. And yes, yes, they were overwhelmed. For it to hit Italy, it was a bit of a perfect storm type of scenario based upon how they live, the demographics, and yeah, it made matters worse. We're gonna be able to we're gonna be able to get around that. I believe we're gonna be able to get around that. I believe we're gonna have much, much better outcomes here in the United States. In fact, I know it. I know it. We're going to get on that footing. We're going to we're going to build the hospitals. We're going to build the ventilators. We're going to, as uh, what is it? The, the comedian says, "Get her done." We're going to get her done. 
What are we going to learn from this, though? What, what's going to happen on the other side? What, what, what's going to change as far as American life is concerned? I, I think people might become a little bit more hygiene conscious to some degree, maybe, a little bit. Yeah, I, I for one, um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of go through life like, uh, what's his name there, Kilgore from uh, Apocalypse Now? With the bombs going off everywhere, Robert Duvall's character there, not really afraid of anything. And I'm also under the belief that, guess what, a good dose of germs and all that stuff makes you stronger. And that's the case. I, I believe that. But I, I think as well, I think we're going to be able to, with uh, what we know now and the amount of money that's going to be invested in fighting viruses, I think we'll be able to do a lot to stem flu deaths in the United States. I think that that's going to be a major positive coming out on the other side, without a doubt. As far as the financial, over the course of uh, course of the past year, I've been on a bit of a uh, yelling and screaming crusade here on the program talking about CEOs and stock compensation and stock buybacks by companies and how I don't like that. I'm going to hope that that goes away. I think we're going to take a look, common sense looks at compensation, executive compensation here in the United States, stock buybacks, how they are utilized, and hopefully we'll see some changes for the better. I hope that that's the case. Let's take a look as well at what's happening right now with um, – Oil prices. We'll get into oil a little bit later, even to a greater degree. Got a lot of cheap energy out there, don't we? You know, it's funny to mention China. This past week, they just shut down all of their solar projects, each and every one of them. They're like, forget it. Forget it. It's not worth it. Why are we going to bother? Why are we, we going to do all this stuff if we're going to get oil at, at these prices? So, yeah, that's going, without a doubt. Without a doubt, people are going to take lower price. Oh, you see where the price is right now? It's come down. Now, the cruise industry, this is going to be another one. It's going to see some changes. I, I don't know what they're going to be. We all know that post 9-11, we saw, obviously, major changes at TSA and, and the airports. We've seen changes in regards to, well, they're utilizing air marshals. We also... Uh, the doors that are locked, the pilot's doors that are locked throughout the flight, and on and on and on, all these these things to make flying better. I think you're going to probably see, uh, you know, some sort of, I don't know, you got to get a doctor's note or something. People checked out on cruise ships. Cruise companies are going to have to do a lot to bring people back, to bring them confidence, without a doubt. They're going to have to handle that. This company out of Massachusetts got this um, kind of this defogging well, defog. It's a fogger, but it uh, it cleans airplanes in a matter of a couple minutes. All surfaces are completely sanitized. Guess what? That's something that people are going to start looking at. That's something that's going to be done. You're going to have you're going to have even cleaner airplanes, much cleaner airplanes. So there's going to be some changes coming on the other side of this. But the reality is, right now, we're talking about flattening the curve. Right now, it's the medical supply chain. It's the medical supply chain 
which we have to keep up with. Because don't forget, just because there's, again, people forget about this, just because there's, we got this Chinese virus, this Wuhan virus going around and people getting sick, people are also get, have cancer. People are still getting cancer. People are still having heart attacks. People are still having strokes. People are still getting the common cold and the common flu and other things. And we need to be able to take care of them too. And that's where, you know, going back to what we're talking about last hour, getting ourselves on almost a wartime footing to combat this virus here in the United States, making sure the supply chains are there, making sure the hospital beds are there, making sure the ventilators are there, making sure the personnel is ready and ready to go to deal with this. And we will. But bring some certainty back. Let us know. Let everyone know that they're going to go back to work in a month. Let them know that their jobs are going to be there in a month. You have to do that. We have to make that decision. And yes, people are going to still get cases. People are going to still get the coronavirus. We're going to have to learn to live with it. Because we cannot wait for a vaccine. I cannot stress that enough. There is no United States. There is no global financial system. There's no, there's nothing. Nothing in 18 months. Can't do it. You can't shut the world down for that period of time. You can't, and I said it, I'm going to say it again. You can't shut the world down for two months. Can't do it. People need to get back to work. And yes, yeah, yeah, I'm, people are going to die. But don't want to sound callous, uncouth, whatever it may be, people die every day. They die every day. You get out of bed in the morning, you're taking a risk. People that are at greater risk, guess what? We deal with it. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. We're going to get into China a little bit and things that need to be done. Great Ann Coulter column this past week and much, much more. Watchdog on WallStreet.com, watchdog on WallStreet.com. Let's talk about oil prices as well and what this all means. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. It was about trying to get back here. Oh, around. You know, I, I remember. I remember where I was doing recording this radio show and which house I had. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's probably 2004, 2003, 2004. And um, I'm doing my show, doing my show here, and I was I was talking about talking about 
cheap crap coming into the United States. I was talking about trade. Things that, again, Donald Trump's been talking about throughout his career. He's made it a, a highlight of his, uh, his presidency. And I, I was talking about how I, as a consumer, buy, I look to see where stuff is made before I buy it. And I, I, I look at a tag. I'll, I'll ask. Sometimes you're buying furniture. Where is this product made? I want to know where it's made. And I, you know, sometimes I end up getting stuff. Just usually if you order online, sometimes I'll, you end up getting stuff from made in China stuff. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll forget. But for the most part, I'm pretty good about that. And I don't, I don't buy stuff from China. <gasps> oh, man. I, I had one, uh, one of our listeners, one was a client, got so upset, called up, moved his account. Moved his account. He was a, um, a worker. Well, he was a, a manager at a Walmart. I forgot exactly where. I think it might have been in Washington. And he, he found it offensive and i said i'm small it's the way i feel i'm not i don't I'm not going to change the way i feel and how i go about shopping but i like to buy stuff that says made in the united states i know it's a better quality i like to buy stuff that says made in italy made in germany made in the uk and other places we need to all think about what just happened what just happened wasn't a, again, I, I mentioned this a month ago. Wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. I think one of the best things that is going to happen, one of the greatest things that's going to happen, and I hope, out of this godforsaken virus and this period that we're going through, is that it will be the end of globalism. The end of it. I'm tired of hearing about it. The globalists that we got, oh, it's fine, sure, ship all those jobs off to China. Oh, yeah, it'll be fine. Oh, it'll be great. Americans can have more cheap crap. Cheap goods. Again, we bought them, people. We got, We bought them. Coulter in her, in her column this past week. We forget. Here's some of the things that we've gotten for our cheap goods. Toothpaste on American shelves made with a poison found in antifreeze. Stuff from China. Everybody remember this? This was back in, this was back in like 2006, 2007. It happened all over Florida. Entire homes had to be gutted. Remember the toxic Chinese drywall that was installed in about a hundred thousand homes that emitted noxious fumes it destroyed electrical wiring and metal fixtures and it got people sick billions of dollars to replace all of that toxic chinese drywall but it's cheap it's made in china how about all the dogs the thousands of dogs that were killed by that uh melamine lace chinese dog food back in 2007 but the 200,000 maple trees in New England that were killed by the Asian longhorn beetles. And, of course, what we're dealing with now, pandemics, H1N1, bird flu, 
SARS, and now Wuhan. And ask the question that I have been asking here of Americans on this program now for 20 years. Is it really worth it? Is it, is it really worth paying $3 for a t-shirt rather than $9 for a t-shirt? It is all, is it really worth it, people? Huh? And, and of course, you got the mainstream media. You got the mainstream media out there. You got, oh, no, oh, no, Trump's racist. Can't call it the, can't call it the Chinese flu. Oh, it's racist Chinese people. China's got nothing to do with this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey, anybody see, anybody go online and want to take a look? Take a look at those wet markets in China. Hey, take a look. You ever see what they're doing there where they're roasting dogs with blow torches and they got bats on a stick? Now, I, for one, I am a meat on a stick guy. Okay, I, I love. Okay, there's not enough meat on a stick. I love meat on a stick, but what kind of meat? I love. Hey, great. Hey, give me a chicken Slovakia. Give me a pork. Give me a veal soup. I'm good. I'm good. But bat Slovakis? No. No. Take a look at these things. See how they're ventilated. See how you have multiple species put together that don't belong together. That just might not mix for crying out loud. These are pretty ideal conditions in spreading disease. <laughs> 2017 article titled, Is China Ground Zero for a Future Pandemic? Yep. Hey, and, and guess what those wonderful world bodies did? Well, what did the World Health Organization do? Right away. What did they do right away? Do anybody remember what they did right away, what they were talking about? Were they going out there looking for a cure? Were they going out there developing a vaccine or demanding protections for the elderly like we're demanding right now, like I'm demanding right now? No, 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 no. No. Well, the first thing that the World Health Organization did is they had a meeting and they had to come up with a new name. They could we, we can't allow it to be called the Wuhan virus we got to come up with something that sounds less Asian. And then the World Health Organization, they put out a fact sheet to ensure that those with the virus would not be stigmatized. It instructed, do talk about people acquiring or contracted COVID-19. Don't talk about people transmitting COVID-19, infecting others, or spreading the virus as it implies intentional transmission and assigns blame. That, that is what the WHO was doing at the beginning of this virus. Yeah, that guy that you see come on TV from, oh, World Health Organization says this. The World Health Organization is a joke. It's a farce. It's funded by China. much more on this i know i told you i told you people um i'm honest here on the program okay it is what it is watchdog on wall street.com watchdog on wall street.com 
our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great, great stuff. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street. only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Ah, that's a great album. It's Courtney uh, Love and Hole. Great album. Hey, welcome back. It is The uh, Watchdog on Wall Street Show. Um, I've, I've been on, obviously, yeah, overdrive. Um, getting a couple hours sleep every night dealing with this and trying to make my way through the numbers and uh, try to discern what's real and what's not real. And, again, it's the media is awful. Um, the New York Times basically is, you know, basically their beat is trying to, you know, it's been the racism beat as far as China is concerned. Stories like Chinese people grapple with the new illness. An old stigma is revived. An outbreak of racist sentiment as coronavirus reaches Australia. As coronavirus spreads, so does anti-Chinese sentiment. Yeah. Um, they lied. They covered it up. How do you think the virus got to Italy? How do you think it got there? Here's a fact. You want a fact that I, I promise you, you haven't heard anywhere. You haven't heard anywhere. We were the only ones been saying this. Ann Coulter talked about this in her column. The Lombardy region of Italy. Lombardia has the highest concentration of Chinese immigrants in Italy. Lombardy. This, the area of northern Italy. This is the Italians' fault. The Italian government decided to get in bed last year with China in their Silk Road project. And the New York Times made fun of Donald Trump and said, wow, well, now the Italians are looking to the east rather than the west. We need to be told the truth. Need to be told the truth. When? When are people going to fight? Just come out and say, that this thing poses little to no, this is a fact, little to no danger to anyone under 70 without certain chronic medical conditions. And what do I hear this week? Oh, some younger people are now being seen you know, and getting, so millennials, we've got some millennials in the hospital that have it. Little danger doesn't mean no danger. But there's no such thing in life as no danger. You know what the average age the average age of the people who died in Italy was 81. 81. That same Imperial College of London, who's, oh, yeah, we gotta, you gotta do medical, we gotta do distancing, social distancing for 18 months. That same one, they're saying that this virus is gonna be less deadly than the seasonal flu to anyone under 60 years old and no worse than the 2017-2018 flu season for those in their 60s. But it's five 
to 10 times more deadly than the regular flu for those in their 70s and 80s. So, so uh, we're going we're gonna to destroy the economy because of this? That, is that what we're going to do? People, we need facts. We need facts. You, and again, I, you know, I'm the business, you know, CNBC, they don't know what the hell. They're, they're all over the place. They got people, and they've got their, their own people, their anchors on the program, acting as if this is a freaking zombie apocalypse for crying out loud, and it's not. And it's making matters worse. For crying out loud, you had, on CNBC this past week, you had the halftime reports, Scott Wapner suggest shutting the markets down. What, what was it, three days after 9-11? Three days after 9-11. The devastation in the, in the financial district. I had an office down there. The devastation down there, and they had the markets up. Dick Rosso and Giuliani had the markets up, was it three days, four at the most? And, and you, want to, you want to shut the markets down for this? People can't have access to the money? You think that's going to breed confidence in the markets? You've got to be kidding me. And you, and you got the other, you know, the, the socialist pundits out there and politicians coming out talking about nationalizing industries. Bill de Blasio thinks we should be nationalizing supply chains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. That's great. So from now until eternity, we'll be waiting in line for toilet paper like they used to do in the Soviet Union. Come on, man. Come on, America. Let's wake up. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter consultations with our certified financial planners all sorts of great stuff watchdog on wallstreet.com you should believe in math not magic you're listening to the watchdog on wall street with chris markowski I should tell I'm angry. I'm angry uh, about this. I am. I'm angry. I'm angry that we're we're constantly lied to. I'm I'm angry that this is not being handled, in my opinion, the right way. We're not getting the type of response that we need. Congress moving way too damn slow in the things that need to be done, and. I get it. Yeah, I get a phone call from clients. They're crying about they're crying about their stock portfolios that are down. They they know that 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 they're going to come back. They're crying because they have no choice because they have to lay off their workers who they love, and they're offering severance packages and they're doing what they can to keep their health care and, and all of this stuff. All of these great businesses all around the country. No fault of their own. None. 
No fault of their own. Yeah, you know, it's a, all of those wizards are smart. All of those, those Harvard-educated globalists out there. Keep trading with China. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. And now, what do we get? Make sure it's not racist. Well, we could get anything racist right now. Actually, another one of those free traders actually had an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this past week saying that we don't have enough medical supplies because of Trump's tariffs. Are are you serious, buddy? You want to shut up, please? You want to shut up? We need to get people back to work. And we need a plan, and we're going to do that. We need a time frame. Anyway, i got to talk about oil. I've, uh, over the years, again, I've written, I I can't tell you, uh, countless, countless columns about oil and the oil markets and how oil works. Um, It's one of those items, again, makes the world go round, makes the world go round. People freak out when the price goes up. When the price at the pump goes up, People freak out. They people freak out when their oil price to heat their homes when it goes up. I, 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 I again, I, I wrote a column about this. I remember being at a dinner party at my daughter's, uh, my daughter's uh, godparents' house. Friend of mine, a uh, lot of, lot of real bright people there. Other clients, of mine, surgeons, doctors, all, and everyone talking about we need to do something. This is back when I think gasoline first went over. $3 a gallon for the first time. And I, had, I sat there, I tried to explain to him, I said, it's, it's an oil market. It's a supply and demand thing we've got going on here. You understand, people? That's how it works. Demand has dropped. The price of oil has dropped because demand has dropped. The world is a different place. You even have you have Iran and Venezuela and basically Libya offline. And look at where prices are. Hey, remember leading up into the, the 2008 election, that was a big deal, and Sarah Palin's talking about drill, baby, drill. Boy, was she right. They made her out to be some sort of simpleton. She was right. Obama was telling everybody to inflate, inflate their tires properly. And it would, it would create more savings in oil than we would by actually going out and getting it. And they, they say that that guy's bright. Anyway, that is the reality. Well, well you know what? We'll talk. We're going to take a break. Got a long Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll explain this in greater detail. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. I shall return. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Talking about oil and oil prices, and we've seen all of the the energy companies, I mean, just completely, completely get crushed and and fall out of bed. And basically due to what the Saudis have decided to do and what the Russians are doing as well. And that's just pump and pump and pump. 
for, for generations, um, the, the Saudis and OPEC would get together and they would control, they'd control the price of oil. And it worked as a you know, cartel, OPEC. We all knew it. it used to be a big story. Every, every several months there'd be an OPEC meeting in uh, Vienna. And everybody would be saying, well, what is OPEC going to do? What, what are these sheiks? They'd all go to there. They got their, their, their little headdress things on, all good to go. What were these sheiks going to decide to do? Are they going to pump more oil out of the ground, or were they going to drive the prices up for us at the pump? And we were beholden to them. We were. And again, we remember times when they, they really cut it off. But he remembers the oil lines that we used to have back in the 1970s. How many of my listeners out there remember waiting in line for gasoline? The world's a different place now. The Saudis just recently um, had an IPO, a Ramco. Stock's obviously underwater from the IPO price. Again, we told you that was going to happen. And they got a lot of cash. And they have, they've decided that they don't care. They're just going to pump and pump and pump and pump and pump and drive the price down. Russians didn't agree to a supply cut, so they're just like, forget it. We're just going to do whatever we want. Now, this is not, it's not very good for the United States right now amidst this coronavirus. Against a, a, there's too much, not enough demand, too much supply right now. What it can do to certain American oil companies. And many American oil companies, the smaller ones, are going to go out of business. This has happened before. Happened before. They'll get bought up. Their rights will get bought up. And, you know, the, the cycle goes on. But this is hurting the United States right now. It is. Again, it's it's helpful for us at the at, you know when we fill up at the pump, but it's helpful for us when it comes to our energy bills. But it's going to put many people out of work. Many people out of work and put many companies out of business. And Saudi Arabia knows that. They know that. They're well aware. Yet they're doing it anyway. Several weeks ago here on the program, I went off on a major rant. Major rant. I found out that Donald Trump sent 2,500 troops to Saudi Arabia to man Patriot missile batteries and airplanes and all sorts of stuff to protect Saudi Arabia from Iran. Uh, To this day, what does Saudi Arabia have on the United States? We've got our troops there defending the country, and yet they are hurting us right now. Why why hasn't anybody said, you know what, at at what point in time do we just let... Our friends, the Saudis, go. At what point in time? We don't need them anymore. We don't need a drop of their damn oil. We need nothing. We need nothing from that pile of sand. That pile of sand has nothing to offer the United States. Zip, zero, zilch, nada. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, we got a very teeny get all the yeah, you get all the the think tanks and all the uh, Council on Foreign Relations. Oh, well, you know, it's got to help keep the you know diplomacy going within the region and these people from fighting. Israel would wipe them all out. Period. The end. Israel could take care of the entire region if they wanted to. We know it, and they know it. What is the point? Anyway, Donald Trump, part of his um, package right now, some of the things that they're doing is uh, uh, going to 
I guess we're going to continue. We're going to start buying oil for the strategic petroleum reserve, and hopefully that'll get the prices up or at least stabilize them to some degree because they are in a freefall. Um, recession. Recession. We're starting to hear. Not, not, only, not only are we hearing recession. Not only are we hearing recession right now. You know what we're hearing? Depression. Yeah. Yeah, some guys coming out there saying that this is going to be a depression. And I gotta be honest with, with everybody. Okay. Wrong make some wrong choices moving forward. Yeah. That's it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Again, I, I have to hope, I have to believe that we're gonna ha- make some good choices and we're not gonna keep the country shut down for months and we're gonna get over this. But it's an issue. One of the things that we're seeing right now, and the things that I warned people about, many of the companies, many of the companies out there that have way too much debt on their books, way too much debt on their books. Guess what? They're going to go away. It's, it's going to be a part of this recession that we're going in. I've um, this this recession again is brought on not by you know dysfunction within our economy by any stretch and remind everybody it was just a few weeks ago with we 270,000 jobs that was the, that was the that was the print for February 270,000 new jobs so we're going like gangbusters and, and many of these these companies because when things are everything's you know when the party's on nobody seems to care where money's going to flow and Companies that don't have that great a balance sheet, companies that don't have that great of a business plan, great of an idea, can get access to capital that they don't deserve. And this recession, which again, flu-induced recession here in the United States, is going to lead to many indebted companies to go under. Um, I, I don't believe. I don't believe that you know we should be going out and bailing out companies that are going to fail in the first place. I, I don't think that that is a good idea. I don't. Again, recessions serve a purpose. Like, like I said, like the lymphatic system of the human body. It cleans out the bad companies. Got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Newsletter consultations with our certified financial planners. Don't go anywhere. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.